as a creative person, do you say, I only do this? And then when someone asks you to do something outside of that, you say, no, I don't, I just don't think that registers with creatives. You immediately start connecting the dots and going, well, actually, I have kind of done a bit of that and I'm good at this. So yeah, I can do that. <laughs> Kia ora. Welcome New Zealand, and of course to any international listeners I may have out there. Welcome to Breaking Art, the podcast where we discuss the alchemy of creativity and commerce, making art versus making money. This podcast episode, episode 14, comes to you from the Tron, Hamilton, city of the future. I'm fortunate enough to have been invited up here by Sarah, Megan, Wendy, Sam and many others to play a small part in the Spark Festival. Spark incidentally in its 20th year, is a festival of creativity, of collaboration, of community, and it's an utter honour being asked to present at Spark. If anyone's listening today, in Hamilton or the Greater Waikato area, come along tomorrow, 11 o'clock, in the Gallagher Hub at Wintec. It's going to be a journey. It's going to be personal. It's going to be insightful. It might make you laugh. It might make me cry. I'm going to talk about things I've never publicly shared And I'm hopefully, obviously, going to try to inspire others. I've given a number of presentations before, but this one feels like it's going to spark something. (laughs) Pardon the pun. Like it's going to be the start of something else. Or maybe it's just going to be a bit of fun. I don't know. But enough about me. You're not here to hear my ramblings. You're here to listen to today's podcast guest. Yvette Edwards. As well as being quite possibly one of the warmest and loveliest people you'll ever have the pleasure of meeting, she seems to share some similarities with me and I felt a real kinship speaking to Yvette. The way she's going about things really resonated with me. Sometimes I felt like I was talking to a version of myself. I feel like I got her. We chat business. Yvette's got a pretty strong business. We chat about trying to find your creative space amongst business. And we talk so many other little cool things. So why don't we just jump straight in and chat to Yvette. It's Breaking Out the Podcast, Episode 14, Yvette Edwards. Uh, so welcome to today's episode of Breaking Out the Podcast. I have with me in the combi today, Yvette Edwards. How are you? I'm really good, thank you. Thanks for coming along, appreciate your time. Thank you, I'm so excited. Good stuff. We're sitting here around Oriental Parade in Wellington. I've just picked Yvette up from her relatively reasonably new premises on Tory Street, which I've just spent some time in this afternoon, which are just wonderful. So that's um, that's a recent thing for you, right? Having a, a street presence, a city presence. But let's go back a little bit. I want to call you a florist, but you're so much more than a florist, aren't you? How do you identify yourself? Give me one word. Is there such a thing? I don't know if there is one word, but definitely stylist. Stylist. So yeah. stylist first? I think so these days. Yeah, I yeah. do. Did you start out as a florist? I did, yep. yep. I started as a florist um, and I was lucky enough, I guess, to be at a florist that always offered a little bit more than just just flowers. Bunches of flowers, yeah, yeah right. It was always a bigger thing, so that sort of sparked the interest and, you know, it was a bunch of very stylish ladies with beautiful houses, so, you know, that always, you know, that always led to more than just flowers. Fantastic. So I know of it essentially through the wedding industry. We would have collaborated or worked together, even though we may not have actually seen each other, on quite a number of wedding days where your beautiful flowers and bouquets and, and styling has appeared on the wedding day and I photographed it. Um, so that's how we kind of know each other. So I know you, right, as primarily a wedding stylist or yep. florist. Yep. But there's so much more to you. And that's what I want to discover today. That's what I want to talk about. So me knowing you and coming across your work as a, as a florist or stylist obviously stems from your earlier days when you did work in a florist um, alongside some others, and then you you essentially got to the same point where a lot of us get to, where you wanted to move out, move on, do your own thing. Is that what happened? Is it that simple, or is it? Yeah, I guess it is that simple, and I guess it's a bit about maturing as well and getting older. And you know, I think um, thinking about your career and your the longevity of what you're doing, and and also I guess how you connect with the people that you're having that 
you know, the people that you're selling to. And obviously couples get younger and younger. And whilst I still consider myself young, Very young. <laughs> you know, yeah. um, I guess there was there is part of what I'm doing now that thinks about what I will be doing in 10 years time or 20 years time. And you're thinking about that now. You were clearly thinking about that. How many years ago it was three five, whenever you were last working in that florist and sort of wanted to do your own thing? Yeah, I guess, right? I guess so. I mean, I don't know if it was as conscious then, yep. but I guess I'd already started to think about, you know, a job versus a career maybe. That's yeah. sort of a way of describing it. So what, you, what process did you go through to move on from, from effectively being an employee and doing what someone else does to doing what you want to do? Um, was that a simple thing? Was it a big thing? What starting a business? Well, I know what starting a business is like, but I just want to explore that kind of journey that you went through and are still on now. Um, I guess it was sort of more around things that interested me and kept fueling the enjoyment of what I was doing. So I, I think, um, you know, as a creative person, do you say, I only do this? And then when someone asks you to do something outside of that, you say, no, I, don't, I just don't think that registers with creatives. You immediately start connecting the dots and going, well, actually, I have kind of done a bit of that and I'm good at this. So, yeah, I can do that. Yeah. <laughs> and I think you just, you, you just, you know, you do that in your own mind. So before you know it, you said you were a something, but, you know, you've turned your hand to a few other things as well. And, you know, if you enjoy doing them, then you sort of start seeking that out in other ways. You know, when someone's chatting to you at dinner, you go, oh, well, actually, you know, I do um, da, da, da. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And before you, you know, know it, you're styling their wedding or exactly. something like that. Exactly, yeah, right? or helping them, you know, style something in their home or their business or, you know, I sort of generally brand myself as a creative almost these days just because I feel like we've had the you know working on different photo shoots working with publications working with blogs working with other businesses it's sort of you know anything that we that I feel I can add value to in a sort of creative usually in a visual way yep. um you know I'm I'm quite interested in and I enjoy doing so yeah. I say, yeah, I can do that. <laughs> yeah, great. Yeah, exactly. Bring it on. Hey? Let's, yeah. if, you, if you don't know how to do it, you'll figure it out, clearly. You'll yeah. solve it. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. So so a lot of your work is um, has been and is currently styling for weddings, correct? Yep. I'd still say that's a really big part of what we do. And I think that it's, you know, the flowers and the botanicals is really at the core of everything that we do almost, you know, um, possibly apart from my lifestyle writing, which is a little bit off on, you know, it's maybe something just for personally a vet to do. But sure. but in the business itself, flowers and plants are, you know. So, so it always ties back to botanicals in some way, right? So you'd yeah. very rarely be asked to come along and um, style a room or hang some lights or set up some tables if there weren't plants involved. Yeah, that's yeah. right, yeah. I okay. mean, whilst we would be able to do that, yep. Um, you know, people, I guess the the flowers and the, the plants is something that people know us for. And so that's often the starting point. And then, you know, we help them with the other things, you know, on from that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And so weddings are still a massive part of your, your business. Yeah. But obviously now, as we were just talking about before, it's end of summer, yep. start of autumn. Weddings dry up over winter, at least in Wellington. They, they do, do yep. Substantially, right? <laughs> so what keeps you going through winter? What's, what's going to happen this winter? Well, we've um, obviously added a retail part to our business now, so people can come and see us, which is something that I've spent more, that I've had a business now for about seven years in Wellington, so this is the first year we've had somewhere where people can come and see us. Wow, not just and, in your garage or your uh, no. living room or something, yeah, great. <laughs> I know, it's amazing, and I, I think I'd been reluctant to take that step. I don't know... Uh, at, at the beginning of my business, I was really clear why I wasn't going to do that. But as things moved on, it felt like the next natural step in what we were doing. Is that right? It just felt like the right thing to do in the right time. Yeah, it did. And it wasn't. It, 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 that means it wasn't necessarily daunting or overwhelming, or it, or no, it was still quite a big deal. No, no it just has felt so right. right, and it you know everything around it sort of fell into place. We'd 
you know, spent a bit of time looking for the right space and, you know, we, I, but I sort of knew what I wanted and, you know, I, it's strangely, I sort of, even I question myself, you know, have I had sleepless nights over how we're going to pay the rent and where the work's coming from? But I actually haven't. haven't. Like wow. it's just felt so natural and yeah. the next thing for us to do. Yeah. And, and it's, the things that it's added have not haven't just been obviously financial gain but you know I've probably never felt as confident about my own creativity as well because we have that interaction with people every day you know multiple times a day and people you know just walking off the street right and lose it yep, yep. <laughs> and so you kind of it's you know it's brought so many wonderful things people have been bringing their babies in saying you did my wedding flowers six oh, wow. years ago or, wow now look you at know, my family yeah, yeah great. so lovely i've just loved every minute of it does um so a lot of your your decision and your process of of doing this taking this next step was it instinctual are you trusting your gut or is this all on paper and you've got it all figured out and you know it's going to work um it's definitely more of a gut feeling yeah i I, i i mean obviously i think if you are a business owner you probably you know you definitely need to be across your facts and figures sure but i think really truly you already know and that you use that kind of data as as affirmation of what you already thought you know I think you just instinctively know what works what doesn't work what was your best month what was your best seller you know you just know those things so whilst I didn't really agonize over the facts and figures too much we obviously spent Pete my husband and I spent a bit of time going over that but I just knew I was like I knew this was the right thing to do and you know and it was the right next step for us Mm. You've mentioned um, you've used the term "we" quite often, I have. which is which is lovely. <laughs> and um, I met uh, one of your staff members in your space just before. Yes. What do you call your space? Is it a studio? Is it a shop? I call is it, it a studio. Studio, yeah, yep. lovely. So I met yep. someone. I met Hannah in your studio, and then you've just mentioned Pete. Yeah. So there's a team here behind it. There right? is, of course. And I've actually I've met I've, I've met Pete, and I've seen him manning the stand at the wedding show, right, yep. and helping you sit, drag big plants into venues and all that sort of stuff. So yep. is he is he a part of your business, or do you just drag him in in the evenings? weekends well I've been so lucky to have both actually right. so originally at the start of my business he was just the weekend help yeah. <laughs> and volunteer of the year and <laughs> as I like to call him yeah. and then we've really sort of at that same time that we want I felt like I wanted to move things on to the next phase Pete was at a point in his job where he actually just wanted to have a bit of a break and a bit of a change so I was actually really lucky to have him come and work for me for 18 months and so he sort of saw us in that transition period between being at the home studio and at work and then moving us in doing the decorating you know getting the contractors in to get the lights in and then he went off back to his other work and left me to it (laughs) right he was was there through that that massive sort of transition there yeah um clearly also just helping you move out of your house so he now gets his house back to himself a little bit yeah so he's taken over my old studio (laughs) and he's got his fishing rods in there and you know i think he's secretly loving it (laughs) yeah yeah there was obviously a little bit of motivation there to do that as well perhaps yeah fantastic um and now he's back to that weekend warrior that that evening person to help you with things yeah or you actually your staff helping you yeah so we've obviously grown considerably with with the move and um i'm Whereas before we just had sort of summer summer team, you know, where we just employed people casually over the summer for the, all the wedding work, we've obviously got that continuous employment now. And That's a necessity because you're open nine to five or is it actually you've also got the work to be able to pay them as well? Is it yeah, it's a both? bit of both. Yeah, so, right. you know, I mean, there's no way where we are now I could do everything myself. Right. You know, it's much bigger than just me. Wow. So, yeah. I, you know, I, I just wouldn't be able to keep Fantastic up with everything. So, yeah, we, the three of us together, we, we're good. And then Pete does still help us on the weekend. Yeah, yeah, sure. And, you know, part of that is because... Um, he's just so good at some things and, um, you know, he just brings this amazing sort of extra sort of engineering brain to what we're doing sometimes with our, especially with big installations and, you know, he's, it, as much as I hate to admit it, you know, he is stronger and he is taller than any of us. So we just need him sometimes. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Is he helping, uh, who, who sort of does a lot of the business side, you know, the books and the 
that sort of some of that semi-boring stuff. Yeah. Is that you? Is that him? So Pete and I have kind of got that split between us. Wow. So as a creative person, I definitely have a little red mist around um, sitting there doing uh, GST returns and things like that. You can so do it though, right? I can do it. You know your way around it. I can do it. It's one of the fun parts. Is that right? <laughs> so, yeah, it's yeah. exactly that. So, But he loves that. Yeah, He's right. a very process-driven yep. person. So he loves a spreadsheet and he loves a computer program and putting the numbers in and all that stuff. So it works out naturally yeah. really well that you know I do a lot of the day-to-day paperwork and invoicing and that sort of thing. And then he just does the little bits in the background that are very important. But, yeah. you know, it just takes them off my plate for yeah. me. Yeah, what a great little team. Yeah, it's fantastic. It hey, so I was in your space before. Yeah. And there's a few things I noticed. One, green. So much greenery, right? It clearly was not. It was not a flor. It was not like a florist that I've ever walked into before, because there was so much greenery there. So many plants compared to just bunches of flowers and bouquets. Um, you did say to me that you, it was just the end of the day and you've sold out of a lot of flowers, but it's more than that, right? There is an intentional yeah. push there towards plants. Yeah, there definitely is yeah. for us. And I think, you know, I, I, I love flowers, and flowers will always be, you know, at the centre of what we do. But I just felt that if we were going to be in the city, that there were florists and there's florists around us and, you know, what was going to be our unique take on what we did and it just felt like, let's do plants. Yeah, so that's a very (laughs) intentional decision to differentiate yourself, Mm. right, to stand out in this market. Yeah, definitely. And it's not like it's completely crazy off the wall, something different. It's very no. closely aligned with what you're already doing anyway, right? Yeah. It was just sort of narrowing that down a little bit. It's really interesting because I, first of all, surprised myself with how much I already knew just from working with flowers for uh, so many years. Yeah. And, um, and then I sort of, after a while, obviously I've introduced a lot of new information and knowledge to what I already knew, but it's it's... I explained it to someone the other week that it's almost like learning a new dialect rather than learning a new language. Yeah, it's not a whole new language. Here, you know, right. it just assimilates so easy into mm-hmm. what I already know that you only need to read it once or, you know, I only need to Google it and I go, oh, yeah, that makes yeah. perfect sense, you know. Yeah. And so it's been a really easy transition to add a large a part to you know our botanicals yes um in in plants and you know already know thousands of flower names so yeah you know, and... just add a few thousand plant names in there <laughs> easy yeah but you haven't <laughs> lost the you haven't lost the flowers right you've still no. got that you've just yeah. effectively added a little bit more to what you do but then also really specialized and niche down in that in your presence anyway and you said that just by being there by having that presence in the city it's opened up opportunities for you not just people walking in and wanting plants but other things as well yeah so i've really been able to sort of almost um you know feel more comfortable about using that word stylist outside of our wedding work so I mean other than styling weddings I guess the stylist part before was mainly around photo shoots and you know doing flowers and a bit of set design and that sort of thing for people but having the having had the studio people have come in and we've connected with customers and maybe it's been a few times before they've said you know, oh, I have a, you know, I'm struggling to sort of style my conservatory at home. You know, would you do something like that? And, you know, so lots of really amazing projects have popped up that have been able to sort of blend together our our flowers, our plants, but then, you know, adding things like lighting and flooring and, you know, we're picking out tiles for people. And, you know, it's all sort of like coming together in this world of sort of, Flowers, plants, and all the pretty things. <laughs> yeah, right. And then you spoke before about how you're um, another avenue that you've you've been getting work in is plants in offices. Maybe not offices, but in yeah, in commercial spaces. spaces. Yeah. Yep. So I think this is probably an area of I think we're probably just seeing the start of how important that is as a balance in a working space right, a and a bit of greenery. And yeah. I think, you know, I, I mean, even if you visit Auckland, let's say, you know, you can noticeably see there's a lot more greenery and a lot more in workspaces up there. Right. And I think Wellington, we're sort of coming into that now in our own way. And from the moment we opened, really, we had people coming in saying, 
I've got a restaurant around the corner. Mm. I've got a cafe up the road. (laughs) I'm with you. Um, My mind went to um, a commercial bank office building where I've worked in my previous career, and they've just kind of got some pretty average plants scattered through the middle, and once a week someone comes in and waters them and leaves them again, right? We're not talking about that, are we? We're talking about maybe that, but also next level. Yeah, like the next level and also just, you know, I guess, again, applying that sort of styling approach to it so yes there are companies that you can order a black trough with three plants in but this is about coming to people's spaces like what do they do there what's you know what's their what's their brand like what's their message and you know how can we mirror that and reflect that in the planting that we suggest and that might be the containers that we say to use or you know um I've been doing uh, some working with a lady who's got a beauty spa and she uses all, you know, these gorgeous New Zealand botanical products and they're all organic and, you know, so we've been really careful to make sure that the flowers and plants that we've been sourcing are all organic and that tie into some of the ingredients and, you know, applying that kind of... Makes so much sense when you say it, but I'm not sure everyone would have thought about that or would have approached it in that way, right? Yeah, it's really, um, I mean, obviously ethical business is something that's, you know, a lot of people are really interested in at the moment. And from a botanical side, I think it's something only people are just starting to connect with their brand you know say you make lipsticks for example um you know and you're an ethical brand and maybe a vegan lipstick you know do you want to use flowers that are covered in pesticide in your ad campaign you know it doesn't really tie together and so that's a very new thing i think that people are starting to think about but also you know we we know there's a lot of you know positive there's a lot of positive information around having plants in your workspace absolutely so you know yeah 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 it's important too (laughs) the interesting thing about some of these you've obviously in your store you've got um so i'm just painting the picture for you in your store you've got products that people just walk in and buy off the shelf that are like labeled and priced right and easy yeah but then you're talking about so many amazing projects that are clearly like custom projects in terms of pricing them and and in terms of pulling together actually how you're going to price it and deliver it yes which that concept that freaks a lot of creatives out. Yeah. That idea of basically, basically, how do I price my work? If it doesn't have an yeah. obvious price tag on it, if I can't just come up with a price up front, how do I do that, right? Yeah. I, I see creatives struggle with that a lot. Do you enjoy that? Do you have a formula for it? Is it all part of the fun? Where are you at with that? Um, I, I think I've definitely made mistakes. Right. Definitely in doing it, um, in pricing, um, especially as they are a lot of them sort of custom one-off projects. Yeah, they set they are. And have I got that right? Yeah, I guess that a lot of them are. Yep. And sometimes allowing enough for that sort of research and development time would be an area that you can underestimate on quite easily. Sure. But then also I think um, feeling that, sort of confidence in what you do and saying well actually this is a bit of a one-off you know so there's value in that and 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 actually I think something the busier that we've got the more you know the more I've been able to say well this is the price and if you know in my mind I'm thinking you know and if that's not what they want to pay then they're not going to have it yeah and you're okay with that because there's someone else who's in the store waiting behind them, right? Exactly. There's another project to pick up. And I think when you can sort of get to that point, you actually feel better about what you're doing, Mm. you know, rather than agonising over how much to charge or feeling bad that you didn't get something. Yeah. um, Or just sort of trying to do it when you haven't charged enough. And then you feel bad at Feeling the end of it. Yeah, yeah, like you just written yourself off. <laughs> yeah. Is it, um, we don't need to go into the full thing here, but is it, is it fundamentally you just basically say, what's the size of this? How long is it going to take me and how much of my material is going to cost? Is it that simple? I guess or so. It- I mean, I guess that's the fundamentals of it. And I think any creative would probably find the hardest bit to charge for is the idea. Uh-huh. And yep. how do people even value the idea? And I think... Maybe in New Zealand it can be even a little bit harder because a lot of people have a very can-do attitude. And so paying for an idea, you know, is, is something really hard to price, That's I think. That's an interesting thought. But, but you're telling me that you have like an idea chunk or fee or portion of your quotes and costs? 
Yeah, I don't know that we actually sort of have a specific chunk of it that we say, you know, say this is oh, the idea. It's certainly not itemised on the <laughs> It's not an itemised. But, but when you price it, you really are building that yeah, into it. Yeah, and I guess that's why lots of people might think that, you know, if you were doing some price comparisons between, say, us and another somebody, you might just be looking at the, the that that bottom line and we might be more expensive mm. but if we have the opportunity to explain what we do and how we do it and the materials that we use and you know that sort of bespoke nature of what we do yes. over probably something a bit more mass produced and less thought out yep. then you know we can explain why ours is more expensive yeah right speaking of bespoke when i was in your in your studio before someone was in there buying um, a gift, buying some botanicals, right? Yeah. But it was a really like immersive experience where they were actually going around and picking what they wanted and almost kind of making it in conjunction with you. And it was a completely customised, one-off, bespoke thing that would literally you could never regret again. Um, and then you said that she comes in every week? Yep. How cool she does. is that? <laughs> yeah. Uh, other than, outside of all these commercial opportunities that you may be getting, that's what an experience, an ideal experience for you in your studio, is it? I think so because... Being, um, you know, in a small market, to me, those one-to-one connections are everything. And I always say to my girls, um, one of our little sort of motivations at work is to make one lifetime customer a day. And, you know, I think that's, to me, is what being in a small city is all about. It's about having those people that want to come and see you every week, um, every day if they want to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you won't say no. Right? <laughs> you know, come on in. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, I, you know, when I was thinking about my vision for the studio and how we were going to sell our flowers, I just wanted it to be something that really celebrated that sort of creative independence that I think a lot of Wellingtonians have. Yeah. And just saying, you know, you can come in and pick your own flowers and, you know, if you want to hold them yourself and tie them together, we really don't mind, you know, if that's what you want to do. And just breaking down that whole sort of experience of coming in and standing in front of a lot of bouquets that are all made up and you always go, I don't really like that bit and yeah. mm, that one's quite nice, but I don't like that one thing. I just yeah. wanted to remove that from the experience. So you just come in and make your own. Yeah, sometimes it feels like you're picking like the the best of a bad best of a bad bunch. I don't want to sound that negative, but you really are saying what's my the the best worst one there. Or yes, something? yeah, exactly that, exactly yeah. that. And so you know, it's not necessarily always a quick experience when you come in. Right. Like you might be with us for a few extra minutes while we do that, but I think that's where that's your time to make sure that your customers are having a lovely time and, you know, maybe you're telling them about some of the other projects you're working yeah. on and planting that planting seeds, seeds. <laughs> I like it. for next time when their office is getting the yeah, refit right. or Correct. when, you know, actually that lady that you um, saw today, she's getting married soon. Great. So, you know, of course, when yeah. she came in, she was all excited yeah. to tell us she was Great. been engaged and, Great. you know, and I think that sort of, it's it's about that slow burn, isn't yeah, it? I you love know, that. I love yeah. that you're thinking about the longer term and the bigger picture there, right? She was I couldn't believe it when you told me that she was a repeat visitor because she was she was in there like it was a candy store and like she'd never done it before and she was so excited by being a part of the process. Yeah. And she's, then you tell me that she comes in every week. Yeah, we have yeah. we have a few customers. We, we literally had regulars the first week we opened. Wow. We just had people coming in and they were saying I'm coming in here every week. Yeah. And one of the things that actually generates a lot of regulars for us is um, the Sunday market. Which, okay, which is know, almost across the road. Which kind is of. kind of yep. over the road. Yep. And people go and get their fruit and veggies and then they come over and get their flowers oh. and buy a plant and wow. have a little catch up on a Sunday. Yeah. And so you don't have a presence at the market, but you're in a close enough vicinity that people are kind of walking by. Yeah, and, yeah. yeah. Right. And it's actually one of the things that I probably did underestimate when we moved in there. How many people actually live in the city? Sure. You know, there are a lot of people that live in apartments. Yep. And a lot of people don't have cars, uh -huh. you know, because they're in an apartment and don't yep. see the need or don't have a car parking space. So you really get to know that, that there's this whole sort of community of people that just walk around the city and want to do everything on foot. And, yeah. you know, when they want to buy a big plant, it's really they have to call an Uber yeah. if they want to go out to a garden centre or they have to get a taxi or, or go on the bus, apparently. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> so, right. you know, it's, you know, that whole market for us has been amazing. And 
you know, getting to know all those locals. Yeah. And now I feel like we have a real neighbourhood. of. <laughs> oh, and the, yeah, it's only been six months or so. I know. I yeah. keep pinching myself. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. I keep thinking, what else is going to happen if we've only, you know, we've done all these things in six months and, you know, all of this excitement, like, What's what's a year going to oh, bring? Oh, wow. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. Just listen to that optimism and that joy <laughs> in your voice there. Yeah, it sounds fantastic. This interests me because you're in a very creative space, really, and you said it before, Now, especially now that you've got your, your studio, you're having to be creative every day. How do you – do you consider that your creative outlet and and or how do you find time to create for yourself, create stuff that excites you, that fills you with joy? Is that it? Or, or are you, when I say is that, is that is your studio and your work your outlet? Or is there something missing or, or is there something else you do as well? It's so interesting because I, I think, um, I sort of imagine that this is the journey of all creatives, but I might be wrong. <laughs> but you go through different phases of your creative life and I think there was a time when I would have been motivated to design and make everything that we did and I wanted to be really hands-on and actually physically make things and then over the last few years I've really sort of enjoyed doing the design work and I still love making stuff of course but I've actually got more enjoyment out of teaching other people that are working for me how to make things and watching them make it And so whilst I still do all the wedding consultations and the design consultations and love doing that, I actually get so much enjoyment out of watching the girls make stuff and do something amazing. And, you know, I still love making the really big things. Hmm. But I I just, I don't know, I actually enjoy watching other people make our stuff more than myself making it. That actually brings me to another thing. Another thing you told me you do in that space, and you've been doing outside of that space, is workshops. Yes. right. And I've actually seen a number of different workshops you've done over the years. There have been some quite diverse ones from memory. Is that a similar sort of thing? Is, is, that, is that about watching other people and the joy they get from creating? Or is it about sharing your knowledge? Or is it about another income stream? Or what, what's sort of the motivation there? I mean, I think the workshops... Um, the workshops aren't an amazing income stream. I know there are some people out there that make good money out of doing workshops but um, I've always just seen it as an opportunity to invite our community and when I say that I mean my business customer community um, into what we do and and allow them to have more insight into you know what what goes on and you know they always want to ask a million questions about where flowers come from and how do you grow plants and you know all of those Mm. things and I think you I think it feels to me like to build a successful business you have to have that community around you you know awesome. they're the people that come and see you regularly they're the people who tell their friends when they're getting married to go and see you or they're the people that are sat in their office and the you know the boss tells them there's some budget for some decorating or plants and you know they say I know where to go and yep. so to give them that opportunity to come in and have just this natural two hours of chatting and you know connecting over something creative yep. I think those they're your lifetime fans uh, so it's more really about building just building and nurturing those relationships yeah more so than anything else yeah I think so right? yeah I mean and I do love I love teaching people things but mm. I think when it's when it's on that sort of level you know it, usually it's uh, you know we focus the workshops on having fun mm. rather than what you achieve creatively it's not Uh a professional workshop so you know it's about coming and being social and having a good time yeah right and so again going back to that we question you've got staff right yes obviously you and your husband Pete right um, are a team prior to this business but now you're in this business and you've had to bring other people on you talked about how much joy you get out of seeing them create things right who are they where have you found them how have they come in to be a part of your business in your life well, we, we, we sort of, um, we, mean Pete and I, talked a lot about how to find the right people. And um, over the years, I've always had a flurry of emails here and there from people wanting jobs, sure. you know, which is great and always really flattering. Yeah. Um, so I knew that there were 
I knew if I put the word out there that we were looking for people, that there would be enough people would come forward sure. to come and work with us. And so I actually just did a Facebook and an Instagram post and I did a paid post and said, we're hiring. It was very simple. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, not being a sort of corporate environment, I didn't really want a whole load of CVs to read through. Yeah. So Fair I just enough. said, send me a paragraph about yourself. And, you know, that was phase one. And we got about 25 applicants, which I think for a small business Sounds like a lot. It's a lot. Sounds like a lot, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. I think I was very flattered. And How many CVs were in there? <laughs> were there still some that came through? <laughs> no CVs. Oh, everyone paid attention? Yeah, everyone Great. paid attention. And do you know what? Actually, I was just so blown away. Yeah. I probably could have employed all 25 yeah, of them. Right. They all sounded lovely. They, it's hard, isn't it? Yep, yeah, they all sounded, you know, like they had potential. And so phase two, after much deliberation between, you know, which – which ones would go to phase two, we actually asked them to all do um, a couple of mood boards for us. And, um, yeah, I just wanted to really see, um, you know, I guess first of all to, you know, see what our aesthetics align, Um, not looking for someone to be exactly like me, but just that, you know, we would be able to talk the same language um, when it came to how things should look. And also, I just thought it would give me an insight into people's personalities. So we titled one of them, My Dream Wedding. (laughs) So that was good to see what people would come up with for that. Yeah, it did. It It told me a lot. And um, the second one we titled, If I Had All the Money in the World. And I just wanted to see what people would do. You know, we're a luxury brand. So, you know, I just wanted to make sure that people, you know, would think big enough, you know, and, and have those dreams and be able to talk to people who actually probably had some of the things on the mood board. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so, you know, the ones we got back had French chateaus on them and little convertible cars and, you know, there was travel was a big theme in a lot of them. Yeah, right. And, you know, obviously beautiful dresses and, you know, gorgeous flowers and gardens. And, you know, it was it, that, it didn't really make it that much easier. I was about to ask that exact question. That sounds like it would have been still pretty tough. Yeah, it was, yeah. there was definitely a group of that, that emerged that was okay. m- more people than we needed at the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but it, it did help definitely, you know. really, And, you know, even subtle things, you know, it showed me that um, people's computer skills, you know, some of them, you know, it was a you were able to just see that people had, you know, were able to put together a really sure, good mood really board, and just that idea, right? yeah, you could tell some people would not got yeah. the know how how yeah, to do right. something like that. Yeah. So yeah. you know that was good, and a couple of people I spoke to had said to me, um, sort of friends and acquaintances had said. Oh, that's a bit involved to ask someone to spend right. time doing a mood board. Yeah. Um, Understand you know, yeah, and, yeah. and I sort of was like, well, yeah. But then I thought, you know what? We work really hard in our business. So, yeah. you know, if you can't be bothered to do a couple of mood boards, yeah. you're probably not going to get on yeah. that well. Fair enough, too. <laughs> you know, because yep. especially during the wedding season, yeah. it's not an easy job. Yeah, so, yeah. you know, you need to be really motivated yeah. and you need to not mind working really hard yeah. and doing things sometimes that don't come to anything you know right right or just outside of what you're kind of expected to do as well exactly i love the i love how i mean creativity runs through everything you do and even just the way that you've approach trying to find staff is far more creative than, than most other people do it. I love that. Um, and the, the two that you've got working for you at the moment came through that hiring process, They is that did, right? yes. Yeah, so one of them moved down from Hawke's Bay to take wow. a job, which yeah. was just a dream, and she's just amazing. Fantastic. And That's I just idea. love watching her grow into this amazing sort of florist. And I listen to her with the customers that are in the studio, and she just does so well with Great. them. And yeah, another and our other one. Um, she's um, she started off as our Saturday girl, but we've already got her in doing, doing more, more days. Is social media a big part of your business? Is that a big part of your life? Yeah, it has actually become um, a big part of what we do, and bigger than I probably had ever imagined. I wasn't an early adopter to social media, so I didn't have uh, my face pay uh, my space my space. <laughs> <laughs> um, or anything like that and yep. I always just found Facebook 
you know, oh, I don't know what to write or I don't know what to post. And then someone said to me, um, you should get an Instagram um, account. You know, you're surrounded by beautiful things all the time. It would be so easy for you to do that. It seems like the right sort of outlet yeah. for what you do. Yeah, yep. exactly. And so I sort of started with that and, you know, then I'd meet people and they'd ask us what our handle was and we'd, you know, follow each other. And that's really grown for us and our, you know, I mean, we can sell things through Instagram. I'll, I'll post a picture of a plant or um, a new ceramic that's come in and people come in and or message me and say, I want to buy this. Can I come in and get it on Saturday? Is or, that right? Yeah, it's um, actually amazing. And, you know, we've wow. we've obviously used it to find our team members yeah. and um, we advertise our opening hours on there. And, and, and is this, have you got a really big reach or do you just think it's quite effective at well, I mean, we've, I think we're on about sort of, I mean, I think we're on about three and a half thousand followers mm. and, you know, our engagement levels aren't, you know, kept, you know, amazingly high, you know, we're sort of around the hundred likes on each post. But what I've really found is that that doesn't necessarily mean people haven't seen it. Yep. And, you know, I, I also think that the more I've understood the use of social media, that it isn't necessarily about how many followers you've got or how many people like a post. It's about the quality of those followers and how engaged they are with what you're doing. And so, yeah, there are people with a million followers, but, you know, do are the people that are following them actually, you know, are they engaged with what they're doing and follow what, you know, will follow in their footsteps, yeah. you know? And I actually think we'll reach a point where, you know, Helen, who's got 150 followers, you know, will be far more powerful than yep. Emily, who's got 2 million, yep. you know, because um, Helen's 150 followers are her friends, yeah, right. they're her demographic. You know, yeah. she says she's brought a new pair of shoes from somewhere and, you know, yep. 10 of her friends are going to go and buy them. <laughs> the, 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 uh, there's a thing, and I'm going to embarrass myself on my podcast by not knowing who it is. And I don't know if it's Amanda Palmer or Seth Godin or someone, but they talk about you basically needing a thousand true fans. Yeah. That's all you actually need. You don't need two million. No. You just need a thousand people who are just will basically lap up everything you do. Yeah. Um, I think that's very true. Uh-huh. That's what I think that's what we've definitely found with our accounts that, you know, it, it, it is worth us putting time into them and um, people, you know, do say, oh, I saw you did this yeah. or I saw you did that. And, you know, being a small business community in Wellington, I know people have said to me that, you know, if I've said I brought something somewhere, someone's come in and brought it as well, you know, uh -huh. <laughs> and you oh, think, right. you know, that's just on in my tiny small account. Yeah. So. Referencing that girl who was buying something in your studio just before, she was, as you were wrapping things up for her, she said, oh, I saw you chopping down these things on your Insta account. And she was referring to some toy toy or something that yep. you've done, right? So you're sharing you're sharing your botanicals, but you're sharing a little bit of behind the scenes as well, are you? Yeah, people seem to really like the behind the scenes. And mm. I guess that's something that, you know, when you've got your name on the door, um, it's nice for them to be able to have a little bit of an insight into what you're doing, especially if you're not always in the studio. I think one of the things I've always, you know, right from the beginning was really worried about was that um, because there's Yvette Edwards on the door, that people would be disappointed if you're not in there. Yeah, fair call. You know, yeah. that especially in the beginning because I was there yeah. all the time. Where's yeah, it's like, where's a vet? Yeah. <laughs> I like a vet to wrap my flowers yeah. or I like a vet to, you know, help me choose my plants. I tell you what, us photographers will think about that all the time, about we often attach our name to our business and then we feel like we're the one person who has to photograph everything yeah. or do everything, yeah. right? And that really, you know, that really limits your business size. Yeah, yeah, you can't yeah, have totally. everything go through you, yeah. you know. You have to sort of find ways around sort of, you know, getting people to, you know, first of all, empowering the people that work for you to, you know, be creative in their own right, but also, you know, allowing your customers, I guess, that connection with you through your social media. So they still feel like they know what Yvette's been doing. Yes, That's why she wasn't there on Wednesday. She was cutting down Toy Toy or she was at a photo shoot or, yeah, you know, and right. then they still know and feel like they're a part of what you've been doing. Yeah. 
I, I, I'm, I'm completely useless at social media, I'll be honest, but it does amaze me how many times I'll meet up with someone and they will reference something that I've said or done on social media, even though they didn't actively engage with me on it. Yes. So clearly they're reading, they're yeah. consuming it, they know it, they know I did whatever I did. It just didn't become apparent to me till later on when we yeah. chatted about it. Yeah. Then I, it, it's, you know, if I had more time in the world, it's something I'd probably look at myself in more detail, you know, that that lack of engagement or that lack of response like why do people read things or look at things but not mm. you know not add you know it's it's Contribute. really that really fascinates me sure you know like I try to I think when I read someone's post or if I see if something they like I like they've done I always add the like yeah, you know I, I'm with you do you always <laughs> I think I try to yeah, yeah okay. I yeah, really yeah, consciously yeah. try yeah. to you yeah. know but I'm obviously lots of people don't, don't. they obviously Just read it like it in their it. mind but yep. just don't you know don't and don't, yeah. yeah just carry on yeah yeah let's talk about uh yeah let's talk about the last six months what's been the coolest best thing that have happened to you in the last six months um i guess um i wrote a, a lifestyle and travel piece for a hardback book which um has been published and is selling internationally um, Whose book was it? What is the book? So it's part of a, um, it stemmed from some travel writing I did for a publication called Load Stars Anthology. And they were bringing out a series of books published by Heroes and Pioneers. And it's just a sort of real sort of hard-backed coffee table book of amazing travel journeys and thoughtfulness and mindfulness. And I collaborated with an amazing photographer in Wellington, and we did a piece on California. Right. And the book itself is titled Pathways. So we sort of focused on that, you know, that that journey back to somewhere you've been a, a lot of times and how that kind of changes the way that you might feel about that place and also how you might use a place to evaluate where you've come in the times between each time you've visited. Wow, so this is this sounds amazing and it's quite removed from you as a stylist, right? I guess so, yeah, it is. <laughs> so is there some other little thing that's burning inside you regarding regarding travel or regarding the greater world that you just love exploring? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I guess as a creative person living in a relatively small country, um, you know, you're always going to sort of look a little bit outside of where you are. Right. Um, I think New Zealand is, you know, obviously not my home country, so there is fascination around that side of it. But there's something about travel which fuels my creativity creativity and I'm you know I feel like a lot of other creators would say the same thing um about you know seeing different cultures and you know different architecture different lifestyles different you know the way people live their lives differently you know just inspires you and maybe just refreshes and resets where you are in your own creative mind so yeah, travel's always been something I've loved doing, and I secretly often dreamed about being a writer at school. <laughs> but um, ah, I, I was never—I never did that well in English. You know, I didn't get the best grades, or I wasn't top of the class, and so I guess I'd always written it off. And I think with that sort of with the changes in way people communicate now, so you've got these very casual writers and bloggers, and you know, social media. You know, it's so casual that I think it's opened the door to maybe, you know, people who don't have professional journalism training. You know, even the written word is becoming so much more conversational. And I'm okay at talking. So. <laughs> <laughs> you can translate that to paper <laughs> or to some writing. other medium. Exactly. Yeah, right. I see. And you don't feel like you have to be a, a linguist, you know, an exactly. English professor yeah, to actually write something exactly. anymore. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Not to mention, I mean, a hardback book is still relatively traditional, but um, publishing is a lot easier, right? Yeah. You can have your own voice and publish it so much easier than you could have done in the past. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I think the way we read things now, we want that sort of, you know, maybe less formal structure and informality and something that we can connect with on a sort of more conversational level. So, you know, if you can be expressive and add interest and excitement into what you're doing, then it makes for an interesting read. Yeah, right. So this book is has been published and is for sale. Can yes. we find it? Is it on, in the store in New Zealand or is it only overseas? Um, you can buy it online. Sure. So from, from Lodestar. What am I on about? In the store. Who buys books <laughs> in the store these days, eh? So, yeah, online. Yeah, so you can buy it, you can buy it online and they ship it out here. Fantastic. Yeah. Okay, we'll link to that just in case anyone's curious, keen to check it out. 
And so that that book is a fantastic thing to have been involved in. And this writing, I'm curious about writing because clearly there's a little thing there that a little itch that you need to scratch. So you also not only not only just this book that you've published or helped or been a part of, but you also contribute to a couple of magazines. I do. Um, and, and are they are they just like free contributions because you love doing it? Do you get paid for those? Are they friends? Are they actual commercial ops? How, like, what are those all about? I've never contributed to a mag, so I don't know anything about it. Well, I always try to make sure they're cost neutral because uh-huh. we are a business. Sure. Um, and, you know, I, I guess it's hard to give your time up if it actually costs your business money. And especially when you're sort of, you know, those chargeable hours as they put it, you know, you have to be conscious of that. So I always try to make sure any contribution work that we do is, or I do, um, is cost neutral. So yep. they cover our expenses. Yep. Um, but they're a little bit, they're something for me, I think. Right. Like they're not yeah. something I was, obviously don't get anyone else to work on them. Yep. And I don't get anyone else to do the writing. So they're, they're sort of my little projects yeah. and it's nice to have something that isn't about a transaction yes. and and about making money and whilst it's not something that is entirely sort of creative so it's away from our sort of visual creative work you know I love interviewing people I love going like for Wellington Woman that I write for um as the home and lifestyle editor you know, we'll do home reveals and going to people's houses is just so inspiring yeah. and such a privilege that, you know, they let you look around their bedroom and, you know, they show you the bathroom and, you know, practically let you look in the drawers sometimes, yeah, right. you know, and I just think it's just such a nice change of, you know, away from what I do every day. And, you know, there's definitely very hard to make money out of it. And I'm sure any writer would tell you that. Mm. So I don't go into it with that mindset. No, but that's refreshing and great. And it's quite clear that you love it. And it, I think it's really awesome that you've got that. Uh, do you, do you outside of your contribution to these magazines and that book, do you, do you write? Do you spend time writing just for other purposes, other things? Well, I've, I, you know, I've dabbled in the blogging thing. Yeah. <laughs> but it's kind of there with the social media stuff. Sure, um, sure. Where, you know, I think, I think, as a business owner, you can often, you know, you often might question to yourself, you know, what is the purpose of doing this? You know, how is this adding value to my business? And, you know, I did, I have done blogging on and off and, you know, I'm still a little bit on the fence about what value it adds to our business. Interesting. You know, yeah. it's very time consuming doing good blogging. Okay. That's you the know? hardest part? It, yeah, it is. For you? Like that's the part you struggle with is just the fact it takes so much time? Yeah, it's the time, it's the time thing. And I guess um, it's not, it's not it's not easy to prioritize it mm. so it often is the first thing that gets dropped off the list you know so it's keeping it regular yeah. and you know making sure you stick to a schedule yeah. with it is is quite challenging i find you know what i and this is just like me not necessarily giving advice to you but possibly giving some advice to listeners is what i love about blogging is that you own as providing you do it, say, on your own website, that you own the domain and you own the content. You're not publishing content to Instagram or Facebook or someone else's platform. Yeah. Um, so would you or could you consider just taking whatever you're putting on other social channels, i.e. Instagram, and just also putting that on your blog and saying, cool, I know it's no different, but it's now in a place where I own it and it's not going to be stuffed with. There's no algorithm that's going to affect it. It's not going to be monetized or anything. And it's, you know, yeah. could you keep it that simple? Yeah, I think that's kind of the avenue we're going down. Okay. Um, so we sort of invested a bit of time and effort into blogging regularly last year. And um, I, you know, some some weeks I just wasn't really feeling it, you know, and it was hard to write on demand yeah, and write yeah. something interesting. Yep. And so, you know, I, I the more I thought about it, going into the wedding season of how, you know, we would probably approach it afterwards. Um, I I just thought, I almost feel like I want it to be like you're texting a friend mm. is what I came down to. Mm. And it, it's just really, to me, I think, you know, as, as we look at starting that up again this year, because we've just changed our website, is that it is going to be that sort of 
you know, maybe three or four lines. I don't yeah. know. Yeah, right. <laughs> and, and three or four lines and a couple of images and short and sweet. It doesn't have to be a short story, right, a novella. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be take you hours and it doesn't have to be all these beautiful photos of the line perfectly. It can yes. just be. Yeah. And I think that's the other thing. thing, you know, why it takes a long time if you're in any sort of visual um, industry, you agonize over mm. everything looking so perfect, you know, you sort of, well, that image doesn't really look that good next to that one. Or, yeah. you know, this is my favorite image from the wedding, but you know, it, it sort of doesn't really show her dress or, you know, and you yeah. sort of, you know, you just agonize over these things. It all looking so perfect. Um, that I think you sort of talk yourself out of it half the time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've yeah. probably got more half-finished blog posts oh, no, right. than, you right. know, than I have got finished ones yeah. up. So, you know, I, I was really thinking about it over the wedding season, how I was going to approach it going into this winter season yep. and when we have time to do things. Yep. Um, and I thought I'm just going to be te- like I'm texting people. Yeah, sure. <laughs> hey, another cool little tip I read recently, which I thought was amazing, was a lot of people struggle in the same way that you struggle with trying to put a full-on blog post together. A lot of people struggle with just putting posts on social media, right? Facebook or Instagram, same kind of reason. Yeah. And really good mental approach is what you've just suggested where think about, think about that perhaps you're not trying to publish something to the world, but you're just trying to text a friend and tell them how good this is or how neat it was or just go through your experience with them right yeah. sort of like almost informalize it yeah i think that i think that i think that's right and is it and is it more about as we become more aware of the i think we want things to feel genuine you know as readers as well and i think people have started to get more insight and are more aware of these perfect looking lifestyles of me here there and everywhere or me doing this and da 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 and i think you know it's okay to be a little bit imperfect mm. and i think that's genuine and real it's real life isn't it yeah 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 absolutely there's some absolute gold in this i really appreciate it a bit Hey, what I'm going to do, I feel like I've already taken enough of your time today, so I think I'm going to wrap up the interview here. But what I am going to do is I'm just going to ask you a few questions. A couple of them tie into what we've talked about. Yeah. A couple of them completely left field random. Right? Okay. We talked about the last six months and the awesome things you've been through. What excites you most about the next year in your business? Or you in your life, actually. <laughs> my life or my business? Either. Oh, they're so closely linked. So, they are. <laughs> they are. <laughs> so business and life are very closely linked. Um, and Actually, can I just interject there? Yes. As, just as we were driving and parking here, you said to me that moving out of your home and into a space in the city, one of the things it's done amongst many great things is it's also meant that you go home and you switch off and you don't work. At yes. home, is that right? Yeah, I, I've been really surprised because I, I had spoken to lots of people in the past about working from home and, you know, people say, oh, you know, oh, is it horrible having it all at home? And I never really felt like that. No, I just thought it. it was great. Yeah, yeah. You know, I could just potter down to the workshop and do some work and then go home for lunch and, yeah. you know, like back up the stairs to the house, have some lunch, make a cup of tea. And I really enjoyed it. But, but now, now I've been away from having everything in ho- at home. I have realized that you the distinction between your own time and your work time was so blurred you know I would think nothing of working till like 10 or 11 o'clock at night and finishing a quote or finishing you know a piece of work for somebody and now you know when we pack up and we shut the door at the studio sometimes I stop for a wine on the way home and that's the end of the day or we just go home and cook dinner and I don't even open my laptop and no work at all and not, I very, very rarely mm. work from home now. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I think that is nice. Are you in a better place because of that? I or think, is it just a different place? It's, I, think it's, I think it's just a different place. I think it's probably healthier long term. Yes, very. Okay, so then go back to my question. What's, what's exciting you most about the next 6 to 12 months in Yvette Edward, the person's life? Well, (laughs) I guess now we've grown our business to a point where, you know, we've got these lovely girls working for us. And I say we, that's still Pete and I, even though, you know, it's my business, essentially. Um, I am having every other weekend off through the winter. You're forcing yourself to do that. Yes. I'm very excited about that. And I'm going to try and see that all the way through till Christmas. Um, before the wedding, you know, then the wedding season really kicks in again. So I'm going to try and have every other weekend off and do some renovations at my house. I'm pretty excited about that. (laughs) 
bit of styling of your own place. Yes, isn't it always the way? You know, sure. you meet a builder and they're you know halfway through Houses their own house. Yeah. Yep. yep. I feel like my house is somewhere along those lines. You know, yeah. I sort of walk around going, oh, I really need to move this and do mm. that, and so I'm just going to look after us and do our house. <laughs> Great, fantastic. All right, I'm going to ask you um, about a book. I like to talk about books and music, but you've already talked about you've already been involved in our book, but. With your interest in writing, if you could write a book, is there a book in Evie Edwards in the future? And if there is, what, what would it be? Oh, that's so hard. Um, I do I do daydream. I, I often call my aspirations daydreams. But um, I do daydream about writing a book. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I was really lucky this year, um, just past that, I collaborated with a photographic artist and she had done a lot of botanical works and we kind of just met by coincidence on social media. And, you know, I, it, that really sort of, I guess to me pulled out my creative skills that I can reserve as art and those ones that are about making flowers and doing designs and delivering and so I think I might have a coffee table art book mm, in my head uh, somewhere that's a good answer <laughs> I like it that's obviously not a promise or guarantee that's going to happen right no but that's, yeah yeah but it's yeah. good you put it out there yeah you, something very artistic probably you know involving flowers yeah. and, or plants yeah, great <laughs> alright um, fantastic and then one final question that I ask every single interviewee road trip in the combi, Cape Rang at a bluff, length of the country. Remember, it's a slow car, so two, three, four days probably, if not more. Who's your companion? Who's sitting beside you in the seat to chat with you for four to five days? A real-life person or a celebrity? Anyone, or living or dead, oh, historical or current. Oh, it would be Pete. Oh, that's so. I knew you would say that. I knew you would say that. that I couldn't not say Pete. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Clearly, you guys have such an amazing relationship and you work well off each other. And imagine all the scheming and cool ideas you'd get up to on that road trip. Hey? Yeah, he doesn't say a lot on the road <laughs> trips. Right. I just say I talk. He drives, and then when there's long periods of silence, <laughs> and then I talk a bit more. <laughs> <laughs> right, so it's more just someone who will just sit there and listen to you. Yeah, he's the perfect person for that. <laughs> yeah, he's perfect for that. Fantastic. Hey, fantastic. I really, really appreciate your time. As I said before this interview started, I've always admired you as a person who has an amazing creative outlet, amazing creative ability, and yet also seems so business savvy. And this interview has done has gone further to making me realise that's exactly where you are. You've got you you're almost the perfect candidate for this kind of interview because you just seem to have this creativity thing sorted and then you seem to be so savvy with your business as well so i i love how you're bringing it together fusing it together and i wish you all the best for the future thank you i feel very flattered and a little bit embarrassed <laughs> <laughs> I, I genuinely mean it you're, you're, you're doing a cool thing here and i hope it all continues to go awesomely for you oh thank you so thanks, thanks so much of it appreciate your time thank you thank you hey welcome back and how good was that eh wasn't that just the loveliest time spent with the vet in the combi did you catch yourself saying, wow, what a cool idea, or thanks, Yvette, thanks for saying that, because that's how I feel so many times during that. At least that's what I felt. And the second guest in a row to have a supportive partner named Pete. How wonderful. Sounds like everyone needs a Pete in their life. I really want to do a road trip with a Pete. So what did I get out of that? What are my kind of key takeaways, as I like to call them? Well, there were quite a few things in there, but the big ones for me are these. Yvette's not a florist, and... She even struggles with the stylist label, but she definitely identifies as a visual creative. She talked about taking on things she doesn't know, saying yes, solving it later, connecting the dots. A real I-can-do-that attitude. With a bit of experience here, some knowledge there, she can say yes, she can take on the job because she knows she can make it work. And this is hugely admirable, but I know she's not alone. This is how a lot of us creatives operate. And I think it's a great thing. I think we should embrace it. Funnily enough, my presentation tomorrow at Spark up here in Hamilton, it covers a bunch of things, but this is one of the underlying themes I'm talking about. It's really refreshing when you talk to another creative who understands and operates in such a similar way. I love how Yvette goes with her gut. I love the way that she said, you instinctively know. You be across your facts and figures, but as a business owner, you just already know, and the data just backs this up. Trust your instinct. Trust your gut a little bit more. 
you know what you need to do. I also love how she talks about charging for your idea or maybe a little bit more of the R&D time. Even I've fallen prey to not giving enough to this. I'm very wary of ensuring that I charge for my time. Time is money and all that. And and I also love, if you listen back to episode 11 with Max Pate, he gives this amazing advice for knowing all of your material costs. So I always factor all of those in. But sometimes with these jobs, there's even more than that. There's more than the actual hours you're building or on-site or physically doing something with the tools. There's the extra mental energy you put into something. There's the time you're not spending on another job because mentally you're still engaged in this one. And somehow I think we need to learn to factor that in. Charge for that. If I could apply this practically to my photography, for instance, I consider that I might be on a job for maybe two hours or, or let's say 12 hours of a wedding day. And then maybe I have need to double that again for my curating, editing, delivery work. But am I really factoring in the time I also spend on engaging my clients or working through things with them? Have I factored in that I might attend a rehearsal or spend two hours scoping out locations? Even the time I spent packing my bags, getting mentally ready for the event. This is time you're not spending on anything else. You can't use this time productively for another job or some other work. We need to consider that really... We somehow need to build these extra hours, this extra time, this extra thought into our prices. I think what Yvette and me are trying to say is that you owe it to yourself to be remunerated for more than just the time you're on the tools. Think about every minute off the tools, preparing, and then think about your headspace when your brain is working on this and not something else. Might just be time to bump your rates up a little bit, eh? Might be the excuse you need to earn a little bit more money. I completely missed a track when I was interviewing Yvette when she talked about moving into the manager role in her business. And this is something she's clearly excited and obviously very adept at. And that is not an easy thing to do. The world is full of people, I see this in corporates all the time, but especially in small business, that were technicians. They're on the tools and they've been forced to become managers. Managers of business or, or managers of others. They're no longer on the tools. They're no longer practicing their craft, and now they're leaders or managers. And this isn't easy, and this is the undoing of many small businesses. Yvette's one of these rare people that seems to have been able to transition from a technician to a manager. Many people end up being leaders and managers, and they're just not cut out for it. They would rather have been left as a technician. Yvette's quite happy with it, and things are blooming, <laughs> sorry about that, because of this. And yet, here's the thing, she's still a creative She's still applying her creativity to her business. Think about the expansion. Think about the other, other avenues she's exploring. Think about the way she's hiring people. She may not be involved in the day-to-day -day botanicals in the same way anymore, but she's still creating. We're not all cut out for this, all right? I had grand plans of this kind of expansion in my business, and I realized after I started down this path that it wasn't what I wanted. I don't want to hire to manage staff. I scaled up to that, and then I scaled back down kind of quickly again, and I just kept things simple. And I kept most things within my control and within my responsibilities. Is this smart business? No way. Every bloody business entrepreneur book, article, course, advice that you receive tells you to scale this way. Get other people on board, get them doing it. But I'm not sure that's for everyone. I say embrace what you love. Embrace what you do well. And just rock that. Use your strengths. Be awesome at being you. So that's episode 14 with stylist and visual creative Yvette Edwards. I hope you love listening to this as much as I enjoyed being in Yvette's presence. Truly a joy. Again, if you're around Hamilton this week, please tap me on the shoulder. Say hi. I'd love to meet you. I'd love to chat to you. Thanks, and we'll chat next week.